Welcome to Watershed's May podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the cinema curator here at Watershed. I'm delighted this month to be joined by Andrew Kelly, who is the director of Bristol's Festival of Ideas. Welcome, Andrew. Hello, Mark. Good afternoon to you. You've got a major um, festival running through May. I mean, the Festival of Ideas uh, does events um, across the city all year round, but there's a lot of focus in May. This year, you're focusing on the revolution, theme of revolution. How, how did that uh, come about? Well, I mean, the obvious connection is that it's 100 years since the Russian Revolution happened, and we wanted to mark that, and we're doing so with a series of discussions and debates and film screenings uh, at, at Watershed. But I think you can't avoid the thinking about the, the kind of rebellion and revolution that seems to be around these days from, you know, the Donald Trump victory uh, in, in the American presidential elections with the Brexit vote. Uh, and, you know, now we're having our own general election as well. And so I think there's, there's a mood in the air about revolution and rebellion, which isn't just confined to Bristol or Britain, but is Europe-wide and is, is international now. So it's, a, it's an opportunity to reflect historically on, on this theme of revolution, but also to look at the kind of revolutions that are happening now, um, which uh, are seemingly never-ending. Because mm. when um, the anniversary of the Russian Revolution was sort of thought about, because the Royal Academy have done a big show, and clearly people were, you know, curators and events organisers were thinking about this, um, you know, three, four years ago, you know, how you'd mark it. I mean, I don't think anybody expected <laughs> the political climate um, to be so sort of febrile and uh, changed as much. No, I think we, we, we'd kind of got used to some stability in a way. I mean, after the financial crash, which we, we've seemingly not stopped talking about for 10 years, but there seemed to be that, um, you, you had, you know, people believing that the Brexit vote was, uh, would have been easily won for the Remain side and that Hillary Clinton was a shoe-in for the American presidency. I mean, I think these, you know, even, even things like, you know, Gert Wilders in the Netherlands, you know, didn't, wasn't as successful as he thought he would be. He still achieved quite a large vote and still mm. achieved a large number of seats. So there is, you know, we've still got France to go, we've still got Germany to go and, and, and our own general election now. So I think there's, you know, when, when you think about these things many years ahead, um, it's often difficult to think how, what, what kind of context they're going to be in, except the, the one you're operating in, which is the project itself. I think what's most of all remarkable about this centenary of the Russian Revolution is how the only people who aren't really looking at it are the Russians. The Russians they're, they're kind yeah. of, it, it, you know, it, it's not something which is was strongly on their radar, really. And I think that, um, you know, that leaves it open to the rest of us. I mean, interesting if I went to the Royal Academy and I, I saw that exhibition twice, which I thought was a really good exhibition in many ways. Uh, but also, you know, a, a simply a, a horrific story of, you know, the kind of romanticism of revolution ending up in, in the kind of Stalinist period. Mm. And But that final moment when you go into that darkened room and you just have put on the screen the projected images of people who were arrested, imprisoned, mm. executed, um, who had got, you know, been part of this revolution, from teachers, peasants, right through to, you know, academics and political functionaries and leaders and so on you know it does make you think about how revolutions perhaps aren't the best way of making things mm. change happen really one of the events we're doing with the historian David Olashuga is looking at failed revolutions and what that teaches us now but but 
perhaps that's something we'll come on mm. to in terms of the, the discussion. What, what is it about the Russian Revolution, though? Because the, the, this, it does seem to be sort of held in, in some sort of romantic regard. Um, what is it about the, the, that particular revolution that sort of seems to capture the imagination? Well, I think partly it's because it was a left-wing revolution. It was, it was, you know, the, the you know, what people saw as the beginnings of, of, you know, international socialism and communism and the breaking down of borders and the workers taking control and justice after all those decades and centuries of oppression. Um, but I think partly it's also about the the whole romanticism that's built up around it. And I have to say, cinema has played more of a part than than anything really. When you saw that Royal Academy exhibition, you saw you know, a lot of the visual artwork, the paintings and so on, were frankly not brilliant art, to be mm. honest, they were propagandistic. But it was the films that really mm. showed that. And you, you saw some of the films we we're showing, that Eisenstein's October, for example. But it, it's a very partial story. It's interesting when you, you know, one of the greatest books written about the Russian Revolution is 10 Days That Shook the World by John Reed. Oh, and who, of course, was an American. American, yeah, absolutely, American who, who was a communist who, um, and he's the focus of the final film in the series, Reds, mm. when, when Warren Beatty um, seemingly wins the Russian Revolution um, uh, in, in, um, in 1917. And then Lenin said, you know, that the, of all the arts, the cinema was the one mm. most important because it reached millions of people. And you had these incredibly talented filmmakers. I think what's grown up is that romantic image of revolution. It's very difficult, though, to write about it. So if you do read a history of the Russian Revolution, you know, turning the fourth Duma meeting of the third <laughs> uh, international commissariat, you yeah, know, yeah. when you look at the minutiae, it, yeah. you know, you don't read the story of the British Labour Party through the minutes of meetings, yeah. you read it through the, the victories of 1945 and things like that. So I think that, you know, that the, there's this whole romanticism that's built up around it. But, but there was, you know, you mentioned John Reed and clearly mm. that, I mean, that book was the basis as well for I, I, Eisenstein's um, yeah. October. Mm. Um, but Americans were um, drawn to the revolution, mm. as indeed were um, uh, people from the UK, mm. the sort of left intellectuals. Mm. Um, much more than you would imagine that they were sort of sympathetic mm. to to see this transformation mm. and of course there was a sort of uh, i mean it led to the communist witch hunts i mm. guess in in america mm. um, that the impact of that in america mm. sort of restating its 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 political mm. aims but certainly um the the russian revolution um represented something that that was potentially international yeah. for that moment in time yeah. but as you say mm. it did lead to mm. it did lead to um stalin mm. um and interestingly with Eisenstein's October that was made 10 years after to, to mark the anniversary, the 10th anniversary of the Russian Revolution. Um, it was longer and it had um, Trotsky as one of the sort of main characters, but of course was then mm. re-edited mm. to take uh, Trotsky out. Yeah. And of course then what you're seeing is this rewriting of history mm. and the mm. partial. Mm. So in a, in a sense the historians got a lot to, mm. to bring to it because mm. that minutiae that, um, you know, cinema can present mm. one story um, but you really need to have that minutia being being talked about. Absolutely. I mean, I think then you know the the, the full story is, is will never be told really because the archives have been open and closed, and most recently the memorial archive, which was marking the victims of Soviet communism, has been open for a while and then closed again. I think it's closed again 
currently. I think that, um, I mean, it's interesting how people are attracted to things like this. And, uh, you know, in, in retrospect, you'd now see, a lot of people say, well, they were fools to be taken in by Stalin and so on. But you, you've got to remember that in the 30s, that, that the Communist Party was often the only force arguing against Nazism and fascism mm. and so on. And, you know, the Spanish Civil War was the kind of front line Mm. Uh, of all of that, really. I think the whole international nature of social... I mean, in a way, we, we probably knew it was going to be doomed from the start. It was when the First World War started, you had the breakdown of the Second International, which was meant to, you know, no war, the workers of the world would unite to stop the war, and yet they all went to fight for their respective mm. countries and so on. It shows the great power of nationalism mm. and, and nationhood and so on, and but people's also, attachment to that. But also to bring it to contemporary times, the fragmentation yeah. of the left. Yeah. Um, which could have been, you know, the, the great international socialism yeah. that was being um, looked at, uh, and of course that fragmented what and sort of echoes today mm. as well about that fragmentation and, and can there be an international, uh, an international left? Mm. That's quite a big subject to go over, but it, but it is a <laughs> it is it is an interesting issue, you know, from the minutiae of of a small parochial election in the UK right through to yeah. uh, internationally as well. I think that, I mean, I think what we're trying to do is we want to reflect all of that as well. So, you know, we want to look back at what made the 1945 Labour government so different and what were the mm. conditions that came out. So through a wonderful um, writer called John Bew, who's written a magnificent biography of, of Clement Attlee. But we can't get away from the fact as well that, you know, the, the, the rebellion uh, you know, is, is there's also a, a conservative rebellion, and there's, mm. you know, you, you, we've been very keen to f look at, you know, disillusionment amongst, say, the white working class and um, the rise of UKIP. Mm. You know, you could probably see the rise and fall of UKIP now as, as mm. the Brexit vote mm. has happened, and, and talk about some of those things. And who knows where this is going to go next? Mm. You know, that's something which we'll be looking at and speculating. But of course, it won't be played out for mm. a long time to come. You know, what was it said about? It wasn't Chairman Mao, but I can't remember who said about the what's, what's the impact of the French Revolution, and he said it's much too early to tell, you yeah. know, and it's been decades and centuries after that had happened. Well, so. And I, I just read because as we're recording this, mm. the the election has been announced just yesterday, yeah. so we're we're only twenty four hours, mm. and already I've seen people talking about this is the biggest election for for 50, you know the, the the impact of this election mm. will be fifty yeah. felt in fifty years mm. or whatever, and you 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 then begin to see these you know what is somebody going to vote you know uh, and there's some people say oh not again but somebody going to vote but the implications of how those um what the results of that will be felt um the impact on brexit the relationship with europe etc mm. etc et and so they are quite uh, momentous and it becomes less of a historical mm. i guess than it does become about mm. what we do now which you will want your um audience to engage in those discussions with some of your speakers you've got a really um special exceptional speaker um, that's coming to Bristol. Can you tell us more? Well, we have, yeah. I mean, we're really pleased. Um, we've got a lot of really exceptional speakers yeah. coming, um, but we're really pleased that um, we've got Bernie Sanders coming, and you can't have um, you know, missed Bernie in terms of his campaign to be the Democratic nominee for president, to the, the debates that he led in the United States, and actually is still leading them now. And he, Bernie is you know, someone on the, the left of American politics. He often said, you know, you can't elect someone on the, the mm. left-wing position mm. that he has. And whatever, you know, like all our speakers, you know, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, they do have something to say that is mm. worth listening to, even if you simply go along and say, I disagree totally. With, mm. with what some that person has said. So, you know, we're really delighted that's um, 
coming up on June the 3rd. Mm. Um, and, um, and we've got a very international feel to the festival. Mm. We've, got, we've got, you know, the brilliant Arundhati Roy coming to talk about her first novel in, after 20 years. I mean, the, the very not, events coming up just five days before our own general mm. election here. So I think we'll, we'll have an international reflection on some of these, which in a way nicely rounds off the historical perspective that we've been looking I, at. I, I was going to say, it's, um, it, it, it does round it off by having um, Bernie Sanders, who's you, you know a left, mm. coming from a left position in America, which you just do mm. not hear mm. a lot about. And mm. indeed, he was sort of marginalised between Trump and Clinton. Mm. But um, you know, very strong left position, which of course was there in the nineteen tens in America, and mm. John Reed was yeah. was often in mm. in Russia. So there's a sort of circle mm. yeah. um, um, being closed there in an interesting one, way. And one of the great things about Reds, the film about John Reed, and also actually about Louise Bryant, his mm. his his partner, you know, a very distinguished journalist in her own right, is that Warren Beatty for years recorded the memories of American leftists from mm. going right back to the you know the. 30s, 40s, you know, people who've long time dead. And it, I always think his personal archive of these must be mm. one of the most important archives of that period. Really. I do wonder what's happened to it in some mm. respects, really. And so I think that, that that, you know, and the great thing about a film like Reds, which you couldn't make in the Hollywood of today, actually, you simply couldn't. The budgets wouldn't be there. Well, the budgets would be there if it was special effects and so on. Yeah. But, but to make that, you know, and it's, it's a long film. It, has, it even has an intermission, mm. you know, which, which is quite exciting when you go to the cinema and there's an intermission. Um, but, you know, the, 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 you know, the attention paid to history, the, the, the sheer romantic sweep of the mm. story, uh, and about this remarkable journalist who, who didn't, you know, didn't survive very long after the mm. Russian Revolution, really. Um, and that's just one of the films I think yeah. that you know we we we're showing in, in well, May. Um, yeah, it's interesting um, what you say about Reds and that sweeping form, and what you were saying earlier about um, uh, cinema being so important to the revolution, uh, the Russian Revolution, and of course it was. And it, it, this has always been the struggle to find the revolutionary form of cinema in the way that Brecht mm. was doing it in, in theatre. Um, you know, the, the Russian filmmakers were trying to find. A new language of cinema. Mm. Uh, you, you know, the West had Griffiths was doing these sweeping stories, and the audience has been swept up in it, but very much as a passive mm. uh, watcher of the film. Whereas what um, you know, what directors like Eisenstein and Ziggy Vertov, um, people like that, wanted was to make the audience more active mm. and more engaged with the issues. So it wasn't about a star. It mm. wasn't about. Um, um, you, you, you know, an easy answer. It was about this is um, this is the big decisions have mm. to be made, made here, and you are part of it. Um, and that we we see that in October, um, we see it in uh, particularly in Soy Cuba, which was a Russian director who went to uh, who made the film in, in Cuba about uh, Castro's revolution, and also and uh, most strikingly in Fernando Solanes's. Um, Hours of the Furnace from Argentina in the early 60s. Uh, and Red's maybe three hours long, but Hours of the Furnaces is over four hours long. Um, and what was interesting about it was, you know, it was made clandestinely um, because the filmmakers, you know, had they been caught, would have been definitely um, sent to prison. Um, and it was screened actually clandestinely as well. I mean, people were, were you, you were kind of either for or against um, this film. But in its making, it was constructed in such a way that um, it wanted to present a new identity to um, the people of um, Latin America and to Argentina. 
Um, and the film would be shown, but stopped, and the audience asked what they thought and how they were going to act and you know what was going to happen next. Not in the film, but in real life. So it was very much about making an active participant of the audience member. Um, so some uh, great examples of revolutionary films are films made within a kind of revolutionary uh, context. Um, and I, I'd say that Hours of the Furnace actually went on to influence the filmmaking in 68 in, in France, directors like Godard, etc. Um, so a great uh, range of, of films which are kind of influenced by that sort of revolutionary um, sensibility. So a lot of events, talks, screenings then happening um, throughout May uh, and beyond. For more information, go to watershed.co.uk and search for Festival of Ideas or ideasfestival.co.uk or and search for Revolution. Revolution, and that's there. Um, that's all for this month. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you, Mark.